0: Good afternoon, Los Angeles and all of Southern California. I'm Farley Malaris, and you're listening to Astrological Metaphysical Radio, the phenomenon of the 80s, on KFOX 93.5 FM, your talk alternative. Hello, Southern California. Welcome to the two-hour expanded edition Astrological Metaphysical Radio on KFOX 93.5 FM your talk alternative. Today's a show with a topic that I have not done in over two and a half years. It is called Astrology and Sexuality as we take a look at different factors in the natal chart that would reveal to us some of the intricacies some of the uniqueness the vast assortment and variety of sexual factors that create us as individuals. Basically meaning that depending on where your planets are, what signs they're in, how they're aspected, you could learn a lot about perhaps why it took you so long to come out of the virginal woods, why you may be celibate sometimes and others not, why you're promiscuous all the time, why you're more subjected to perhaps sexual diseases or infections, and uh, I think today's topic is very interesting, and uh, darn glad that I was able to come up with something. Okay, this is a controversial subject, and you might be asking yourself, Farley, but with a south node and Scorpio and a Scorpio moon, what qualifies you to talk on a subject such as astrology and sexuality? And my answer is, that's a good question, <laughs> but actually, I don't claim to be an expert on anything. I just claim to be a freewheeling, fun type of uh, philosopher that shares open-mindedness and uh, searches for further truth. I don't think there are too many bottom lines in this planet, even though. People try to create that. So, as always, I am totally interested in your opinions about astrology and sexuality, never trying to shove anything down anyone's throat as a bottom line. Interesting thing about the natal chart, the birth chart, is that no single planet works alone. No single planet in the birth chart actually has such a magnificent effect that it would override the rest of the chart. So, even if you do have one planet in Scorpio, for example, It doesn't mean that you're going to be a wild person and a type of person that would jump in the sack with anybody you meet. And just because you have one Virgo planet also doesn't mean you're going to be totally conservative and prudish or prudent about your sex life either. But the fun thing about astrology is that we do have 11 factors in our chart. Just the sun, the moon, the rising, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. So in order to understand the complicated factors involved with each and every one of our individual sexual tastes, in order to understand that, then I do advise and I do recommend that you do take the entire chart in total perspective without limiting any one planet. One thing I will say is that if you do understand what a particular zodiacal vibration is, and you understand you do have that vibration present in your chart, then That will help you understand your sexuality and will also help understand why you might bounce around from planet to planet in your chart as far as your day-to-day behavior. Like, I'll take an example of a person with a Scorpio planet, a Virgo planet, and an Aquarius planet in their chart. One day they may be Scorpio and all-out wild sex with no inhibitions. The second day they might be Virgo and need to analyze or serve their lovers. And then the next day they'll be totally Aquarius and not be physical at all and need total mental stimulation instead to get aroused. Interesting thing about astrology and sexuality is that sexuality is such a controversial subject and sexual compatibility of course is something that many of us do reach for that many of the times when we are looking at problems in relationships and marriages for example we do find that some of the differences do lie in the vast differences between two individual charts that we're talking about. That's why we do find that sexual compatibility is a wonderful foundation if not a wonderful place To start as far as developing relationships, or at least to run into in the middle of why you are trying to develop relationships. So, in today's show, we're going to go over each of the 12 zodiac vibrations. And also, I want you to know I'm going to give you the basic meanings of the planets at the very top of the topic. And that way, you can correlate the meanings of the planets with the sexual vibrations I am talking about. And that way, you can kind of understand what we're talking about here as far as what today's topic is astrology and sexuality. Now, remembering that. The sun is our soul, so if we do have the sun in any one particular zodiac sign, there will be a tremendous response from that vibration. Hence, that is why all Leos, Sagittarius, and Aries are outwardly usually affectionate and very warm from the fire, and same with Scorpios, Pisces, and Cancers, usually very sensitive and emotional from the water. So your sun sign does have a tremendous impact. That's the soul. Now, the moon sign is very, very powerful. Depending on what zodiacal vibration we're talking about, Moon in any one sign would epitomize the vibration of that sign as far as our emotional factors. Rising is also very powerful in epitomizing particular vibrations of signs. That's why people that might have an Aquarius-Virgo or Aquarius-Scorpio or Scorpio-Virgo combination would throw many varying moods at their lovers and partners because of the vast differences between these vibrations. Sometimes Scorpio and Aries and Leo being a lot more aggressive sexually and Virgo and Aquarius being a lot more kickback. So this partner might throw an assortment of moods at you, you know. We call that the Madonna-wild person (laughs) complex. But anyway, the rising sign, because this is the God point or the illusion of separation factor, obviously the point of where we are basically coming from will also have a tremendous influence on the particular zodiacal vibration it would embrace. Mercury tells us how we think. So depending on what sign Mercury is in will tell us whether we are sexier minded or not. For example, people with Mercury in Scorpio normally tend to have sexual fantasies, and people with Mercury in Pisces and Cancer also will have more of a pronounced fantasies or romantic inclination in their mind as far as some of their other Mercuries. This is where some of their creativity lies. That's why they're into love songs and writing songs and creating things romantically. Romantically creative, we call that, with Mercury in Cancer, Pisces, or Scorpio. So, you know, obviously some people with Mercury in Aquarius our Mercury in Virgo or Gemini may not be as sex-minded because they're into analyzing other things that may seem more important. Once again, we're going to go over the vibration of each and every sign, sexually interpreted of course, and that way you can place the planet in that sign and understand your own chart. Okay, and then Venus is a very, very important sign because Venus is the love factor planet. So obviously, depending what sign Venus is in, will tell us level of passion we can be c- confronted with. Venus in Aquarius people Believe it or not, unless they have Scorpio or Pisces or Aries or Leo to counter it in their chart, can be satisfied a lot easier, a lot quicker, may not be into the marathon sexual routines as someone that might have Venus in Capricorn or Taurus, okay, or Leo or Aries that may be more into long, long romantic periods of sex and sexual fulfillment. See, so a lot of times you find that Venus placed in an air sign, which is more mental, like Gemini or Aquarius, for example or sometimes Venus placed in a certain Earth sign, perhaps like Virgo, might not be as sexually obsessed as some of the rest of us could be. Now, Mars being the battery planet or the life force planet obviously has a lot to do with our sexual energies. And frankly, I'm going to divide this up. Uh, The more sexual of the Marses would be Aries, Taurus, and sometimes Gemini, Cancer definitely, Leo, Libra, Scorpio, sometimes Sagittarius, Capricorn and Pisces. So I said sometimes Gemini, and then I left out Virgo. So Gemini and Virgo, and then Sagittarius, and then Aquarius would be signs that might not be as high strung sexually as far as the sexual battery is concerned. Whereas we do find, like I said, the Aries, the Taurus, the Cancer, the Leo, the Libra, the Scorpio, the Capricorn, and the Pisces may be, tend to be a lot more sexually obsessed, or at least have a lot more romantic needs in those areas. And obviously, when we're particularly talking about women, heterosexual women, or gay men, we focus on where their Mars is to see where they're coming from sexually. If we're talking about men or gay women, we will focus more on their Venus to understand their epitome of the sexual factor there. And then, when we go into planets like Uranus, Uranus is an awakening planet, so depending what sign your Uranus is in will reveal to you an awakening. And a lot of people out there do have Uranus, for example, in Libra, which does give you awakening concerning relationships. Uranus in Scorpio, which obviously will awaken you as far as sexual values are concerned, a sexual awakening. Some of you have Uranus in Virgo, which can be very prudent and very ethical and need lots of time and lots of prerequisites before falling into a romance or sexual situations. And some of you, of course, will have Uranus in Leo and Cancer, which will be a lot more experimental as far as figuring things out with sex, love, and romance. And then some of you, of course, will have Uranus in Gemini, where communication also takes an emphasis when it comes to love, romance, and commitment. We'll go a little further back. Uranus in Taurus is very sensuous and passionate, and Uranus in Aries also is very sensuous and passionate. Some of you out there have that, and Uranus in Pisces is a more sensuous, passionate place. When we get back to Uranus in Aquarius in the early 1900s, these are people who also place a high emphasis on intellect and on communication, sometimes above the physical. They can go back and forth. Now Neptune is a dreamy planet, and the Neptunian factor a lot of times will tell us where our dreams lie as far as a perfect lover or a perfect relationship as far as compatibility and sex and love and commitment are concerned. And Pluto is a sexual planet, let's face it. Pluto many times can dictate to us the Lord of Scorpio, explicit sexual factor in our nature that is required to please us. I have Pluto in the 10th house, but you can look at Pluto in your chart and understand certain sexual curiosities you might have that could be fun for you. So those are the basic planetary meanings. Now in the next segment, we're going to go through each of the 12 vibrations and analyze the romantic and sexual factors from each zodiac vibration so you can then place your planets into these factors and help interpret your own personal sexuality. KFOX 93.5 FM. Talking about astrology and sexuality today, don't blush. And I went over what the basic meanings of the planets meant. So you know that. Now I'm going to go over the basic vibrational factors romantically and sexually speaking of the 12 zodiac signs. So if you know your planets or you can look them up, you can understand why you are the way you are. Now frankly, Aries people, people with Aries vibrations. Let's get one thing straight. Except for the planet Saturn, let's see. I didn't talk about Saturn or Jupiter. I just want to remind you that Saturn contracts a particular vibration. Saturn will contract and reduce that vibration. So normally if I say that a sign has all of these qualities and you have Saturn in that sign, then take those qualities away. That's what you're there to learn. Saturn is your lesson planet. And Jupiter expands. So obviously, if I'm talking about a particular vibration, the Jupiter will overindulge. You know, like a person with Saturn in Scorpio is not going to be near as passionate as somebody with Jupiter in Scorpio that can be damn obsessed with it. See what I mean? Because Scorpio being a very passionate factor, if you have Jupiter in that sign, then you're going to be a lot more powerful and have a lot more needs, typically, Then, if you had Saturn there. I want that to be clear. That's why I saved Jupiter and Saturn last. So now people with Aries vibration planets, like Sun, Moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, or Jupiter in Aries are going to be pretty aggressive, okay? And a lot of times, these people are people that know what they want. A lot of times, they'll go after bodies, faces, and appearances. They're not as interested in the mind or the emotions, or at least they'll think they aren't, or they'll try to talk themselves out of it. Obviously, Aries combinations with other factors are going to make it difficult to make up one's mind. But let's say that people with Aries moons, Aries suns, Aries risings, Aries Jupiters may jump into bed with someone if they feel it's right. This is a real aggressive sexual factor. And this is a good show to help you understand why people are the way they are, because if you're out with someone and you know their chart, and they have an Aries moon with a Scorpio rising, they got a Leo sun, they got Venus and Scorpio and Mars and Taurus, If they like you, of course they're going to gently, tenderly try to tear your clothes off. (laughs) But it's important to know that if you were with somebody who was a double Aquarius with a Sag rising and perhaps Venus in Virgo and a Virgo, maybe a Mars in Virgo also or whatever, that these people are going to need a lot more time. See, they're going to need sometimes two dates or three dates or four dates or maybe even a month or maybe even have to know they're definitely in love. See, it's funny that we also have not only knowing the astrological factor, we have to also struggle with society's mores and values which sometimes dictate jumping into bed the first, a second, or third, or even the fourth date in order to try to preserve any kind of relationship because people have been spoiled by that already in a lot of the cultural backgrounds that we're dealing with here. So that's the Aries factor. Now, the Taurus factor is very sensuous. It's very physical. It's body-oriented. Even though they may not be into straight, quick sex right off the bat, which they could be, they need a lot of body contact, touching, hugging, Kissing, the neck and the throat are very sensuous. We find that people with Aries factor in their chart will have sensuous ears and mouth and tongue and also face and head more sensuous. The Taurus is more body oriented, but with the neck and the throat and the nape of the neck also very, very sensuous. That's why I've always liked Taurus women for some unknown reason. (laughs) Maybe it's because it's my seventh and eighth house too, but at the same time, we do find that the Taurus vibration is very powerful. It can also be possessive and obsessive and extremely attached, deeply loving. Tauruses are hardcore. They go all the way when they fall in love. It's no light thing to take. And when they do fall in love, it's very heavy. And you know when they're in love. You can see it in their eyes. Now, the Gemini vibration is very different and very experimental and extremely open-minded. So we find a lot of people with heavy Gemini vibration in their chart, whether it's Sun, Moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Rising, may tend to be bisexual or even homosexual gay people. And I'm not saying everybody with Gemini planets are like that, but we have found that to be a common ground factor because Gemini and Virgo energies and Aquarius energies tend to be a bit more open-minded and a bit more experimental. And if the soul of the individual happens to be a crossover, you know, like a soul that was male most of its lives and then decided to be female now, and right has a Gemini Virgo factor in their chart, it might be easy for that female to be gay or even bi. See what I mean? So we find Gemini to be probably one of the most open-minded vibrations as far as checking into other opportunities or things that could crop up here. Gemini vibration people also like to talk about it. They like to discuss sex and the relationship and the emotions and stuff. There's a big mental thing that's involved in that. Now, we do find the cancer vibration to be the number one most romantic vibration. The candlelights, the flowers, the cruises, the soft walking by the beach, the soft music, the satin sheets, and all that stuff are things that really get to the cancer. Long kissing, Situations and long foreplay and uninhibited sex a lot of times when it comes to cancer vibrations. Now I guess I'm revealing I've got Venus in Cancer here, so take notes, right? But <laughs> but obviously uh, the cancer vibration people are very emotional. They're very sensitive and they're very loving and like cancers can be moody, but usually have a large sexual appetite or large emotional appetite once they do commit. Leo is another vibration that is extremely aggressive and also stubborn as far as sticking with one partner, whether the other partner is there or not. It's hard for Leos to let go once they do fall in love. They're like children in many ways. They're childlike. They are powerful lovers. They bask and they bathe in the physical and the emotional and the sensual contact that's involved. So if you're going to play with Leos, you don't want to play one-nighters here. This is all the way or not at all with people that have Mars, Venus, rising moon, sun in Leo. Very sensuous, very aggressive, and very passionate. Virgos. As far as service we're talking about here, if people with Virgo factors in their charts love someone, forget the inhibitions. We're talking about uninhibited service. As far as Virgo energy goes, could be some of the best love vibration in the chart. When they finally drop the analysis, when they finally drop the worry, and some of the paranoia that might be associated with love, sex, relationships, or even diseases, right? When they drop that, and they commit to the fact that they are in love, then look out because we're talking about a tidal wave of emotion that's finally released, okay? But people with Virgo factor do tend to overanalyze, do tend to worry, and do tend to freak themselves out sometimes if they're too much in their mind. They need to get more in their heart, in their stomach, and in their soul to flow with a particular relationship. They also can be slow starters because of this analysis that is needed. And people with Virgo factor in their chart can bounce back to an ethical or prudent mode. No matter what else is in your chart, you might have Pisces and Cancer in your chart, then have an off day and need to be a little bit removed. Now, people with Virgo factor and Scorpio factor in their charts tend to be more hygienic, tend to be the type of people that may need to wash up afterwards or before and need cleanliness seems to be next to godliness when it comes to love, sex, and romance. When you have Virgo and Scorpio, I have a Scorpio moon in the first house, so hygienics are very important to me, let's face it. The Libra factor people are the relationship factor people. These are people that, besides sex and love and romance, They like to be bonded. They like commitments. And the kissing and the hugging and the sex is always the cream on the cake that like is the punctuation to any sexual sentence in their lives. So for that reason, we find Libra factor people to be normally, naturally sensuous and erotic. Now, Scorpio factor people are very mysterious. The erotic passion there is at its highest levels, unless, of course, Saturn is in Scorpio or the eighth house. But look out if you have a partner that has Scorpio in their charts because usually they might have already figured out a way to have any kind of sexual marathon. We're talking about virility here. We're talking about people that can definitely keep up with you. Although sometimes they can be a bit impatient or a bit enthusiastic about what's going on. They definitely do feel the sexual vibrations, I think, a little bit more intenser than the rest of us do. I have a Scorpio moon, so I guess I fit in that category. And also, uh, we do find the genital area is a lot more sensitive to the touch with people with Scorpio, Cancer, and Pisces factor in their chart. So look out. (laughs) We're talking about electric there. Scorpio factor people are extremists, and they are also destined to extreme emotions. And as hot as they can be in the sack, they can also become very cold if they feel hurt, rejected, or used, or trod upon. Something to know about. Sagittarius factor people do have the potential to be erotic and affectionate, but they are also very independent and can be flighty or standoffish because they are so independent. So Sagittarius factor people, especially Sag risings, have been known to be extremely virile and powerful as far as being marathon runners are concerned, if they do love someone, if the vibration is there. Don't get me wrong here, we have the wrong kind of person with a Sag factor, they can use and manipulate others too. Because of the optimism and the gregariousness that comes across, the humor can fool you sometimes. Capricorn has a reputation of being a lusty vibration. So we're talking about the throes of sex here. And also Capricorn does love its sex. It's a regular part of its life. The Capricorn vibration we do find is also a hardball, hardcore vibration that you don't want to play lightly with because these people are sensitive and vulnerable and can be hurt. Okay, So you don't want to reject them or use them. You want to make sure that they can also understand that they can take sex on as a career or an ambition that they're looking for. Now Aquarius people, Aquarius vibration people, are very extremely mental, extremely communicative and usually are into something very different. I'm not saying that all Aquarius vibration people are kinky, but sometimes they are. And sometimes mental stimulation can be as important, if not more important, than sexual stimulation if you have Aquarius vibration in your chart. There is hope, though, because look out, because when the Aquarius vibration person is in the right mood, they can be the best, without reservation, lover, in the entire zodiac, without question. When they're cold, they're colder than anybody else. When they're hot, they're hotter than anybody else. And they may be in the mood just once in a while, depending on what else is in their chart, sometimes all the time if it counters out. But if they're not in the mood, look out for the big chill, because it can be chilly there. It it at least will be a mentally stimulating time. Pisces vibration is also very powerful as far as being romantic and passionate, sometimes obsessive, sometimes extremely vulnerable, if not the most vulnerable. They are more prone to rejection, either dishing it out or receiving it because of some of the misconstrued vibrations and confusions that may be at hand as far as understanding relationships are concerned. So Pisces vibration people will take a chance, sometimes get hurt and feel hurt for it or hurt others, but at least they'll learn from it. So there's a real good file for your astrology collection. Astrology and sexuality, a topic I haven't done for over two and a half years, and I hope you enjoyed that. Let's go to Holly now, and Aries with Sag rising, and Holly, did you r- relate to what I said about Aries? Oh, uh, yes I did. Are you very aggressive when you like somebody? I am. Do you yeah. tear their clothes off? <laughs> Now come on Holly have you ever been known to rip clothing
1: I've had my moment
0: <laughs> i've got I've well I think maybe once I, I think my libra kind of goes farley try to be a gentleman about this
1: rip. yeah yeah
0: it was a fun topic wasn't it
1: yes I very interesting very yeah. interesting
0: why not I think I've learned a little more about sex these past few years oh really I've tried i mean i I've, it's hard to do it but with all my clients you talk to them about their sex lives of course without mentioning any names mm-hmm. and you learn what each of the factors mean you know yeah. after talking to thousands of people i I've formed a file in my mind, (laughs) and your sad's rising, which goes wild when they love someone. You
1: know, yes, yeah. Talking
0: about passionate, you know. (laughs) Now you're all, you got a body rush now.
1: Right, exactly.
0: So, what's your question?
1: Well,
2: um, I'd kind of like a general scan. I'm, uh I'm visiting from New York. I lived here for quite a while, and I've been in New York. For the past couple of years, and I'm trying to decide where it is that I should live, here or there.
0: <laughs> I think you should divide yourself and live in both.
2: Yeah, that's kind of what my plan is. But I'm curious to see what the chart...
0: This thing with housing is not unusual for Sag rising, because it throws Pisces on your house of residence, and Neptune is the Lord. So, you know, wherever Pisces goes, it's like, I don't know what to... <laughs> you know, <laughs> ask any Pisces, and they'll say, we have no idea. And then you have this Mars square Neptune... And also Mars opposed Uranus, and Uranus square Neptune. So I kind of tend to think that, believe it or not, you judge relationships or particular men or hope for finding marriage or love or romance as part of a city identity, I would think.
2: That's interesting that you say that. Every time I've moved, it's been because of a man.
0: Now, that's a sick reason to move, Holly. Not
2: not the only reason, but there's always been, you know, something happening. That's not the only reason I moved to New York. It was to get away from a man, actually, that
1: I (laughs) left here.
0: See? It's always a man, right? Now that's a bad scale. I'm not trying to put you down, know, but that's not a good reason to move. The best thing to do, when it comes to love, Thanks. is if somebody really loves you, let them move. Let them blow the karma and do it. You know, that way, if it doesn't work, then they're left out in the woods with yeah. the bills and and no place to go. You know, it's like that movie, The Light of Day. That song, We Got No Place to Go. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but I do think seriously that you are shown more firm residence, and I would kind of tend to think that probably staying right where you are, so probably in L.A.
1: Yeah. Good.
0: So try not try not to rock the boat, just stay calm and meditate and don't let men affect your moves, okay? Okay, thanks Farley. Bye-bye. Bye. Let's go to line number three and talk to Jackie, a Sag with Taurus rising. Hi Jackie. Hi Farley. Did you relate to any of the topic?
3: Well, yes. I'm a 27 degree Taurus and I've had a lot of things happen in my life and I believe that maybe some of that excessive passion has been <laughs> uh, dealt with in a more spiritual way.
0: Oh, really? You used to be a real body contact person, huh? Yes.
3: Yeah.
0: It's like, all right, another body. Go for it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> let's go for it. The Taurus rising. Yeah, let's give me a long hug. A, like a 20-minute hug. You know, like, would you let go of me already, please? You know, just give me a break. You know? And you know, whenever I see a Taurus rising, it's like, oh, yeah, let's give you a nice big hug. You know?
4: I do love hugs.
0: They don't, you know, when you make love with them, they don't want to let go. It's like, do you mind if we hold each other for another hour, you know? <laughs> you know That's okay. But I have to go to the bathroom first. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I think it was a funny topic today, actually. Yes, yes. Probably embarrassed half the people.
3: Yes, I think it does embarrass people.
0: <laughs> Embarrasses uh, me.
3: I wanted to talk to you about uh, a general scan, sort of, but with, you know, in a specific area. My husband and I are working on a book that will actually bridge the gap between physics and metaphysics. And it's very near completion now. And um, I'd like to know what if this year, do you, I don't know whether you need his, sign and rising sign as well to know whether this is going to be a good year for us to put that
0: out hmm sounds like a pretty powerful book kid it is metaphysics and physics boy that was a pretty ambitious uh, topic there huh very what is his, uh, birthday? his I'm, birthday what's his rising
3: okay his rising is Aquarius
0: you know automatically what I see is I love that you have Jupiter trying Neptune in your chart you see that Jupiter and Gemini trying Neptune and Libra
3: um Wait a second. Got, I'm looking at it, but I'm not sure. It's
0: okay, true. okay. Well, you just trust me. You do have a Jupiter trine Neptune in your chart. Uh-huh. And whenever anything goes into your 10th house of Aquarius, it grand trines that. Now, Jupiter in Gemini is kind of publishing. That's the writer side to you. Yay! And Neptune in Libra is like, you know, Jupiter trine Neptune is like fame or recognition through publishing. hmm So I would tend to think as long as you're confident and you find the proper people to publish this, if not yourselves, you know, because... There are ways to publish and get your own distribution, believe it or not.
3: Right. Well, he's already had one book published. Oh, good. So it should be a little easier. What's his name? Ed Close.
0: Oh, yeah, of course. Farah. Yeah, so I just think it's a matter of time, and I think that uh, maybe sooner than not, even this month, if not this month, October and November look real good, and the very latest, I'd say February, January, February, March of next year.
3: Well, we've both been feeling this incredible amount of energy. We've been working until 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning on the weekends.
0: We're just working only? No breaks?
3: Oh, well, sometimes no, we No hugs her. or
0: anything like oh, that. Yes,
3: we have to have hugs. An
0: occasional passion play, right? It's like a
3: little touch on the back. <laughs> a little touch in the back.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Jackie.
3: Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: Let's go to Judy now. A Taurus Sag rising is what her baby daughter is. Hi Judy. Hello, Judy.
4: Hi Farley. How are you? Well, I just am recovering from having a baby. All right. And um, that's why I haven't been to the station. Remember, I won that contest a few months ago. Aw. And I was like in my eighth month of pregnancy, couldn't get away, and now I've had her. And now I want to know all about her.
0: (laughs) I love little girls. They're so cute.
4: She's a little Taurus.
0: Aw, she's a little wild one, huh? Has she laughed yet?
4: She smiles now, and she's only just about six weeks.
0: She's got a clown's chart here, I'll tell you. I think that she could be one of the best therapists in the world. She has a Venus trine Mars, Venus in Gemini, Mars in Aquarius, very intelligent. I don't think you'll have to push her too hard for studying because I think she'll be a natural there. Wonderful. And uh, she has all oh this spiritual blend that's beautiful, Sun, Mercury, and also Jupiter in the Earth sign, Taurus. And um, they are all trine Neptune in Capricorn. So we're talking about a wizard or a priest, a spiritual sage from a past life. So, wow, she has a major message. I think she's an important teacher for you.
4: That's wonderful. She's a 22 birth path. Wow. I figured that out when I was in the
0: <laughs> She'll probably have her own radio show pretty soon, you know.
4: <laughs> she just heard us. She's starting to wake up. Really? Yeah, what question. What does North Node in the 4th in Pisces mean?
0: That would be a healing aspect in the home. It could also show teaching or seminars in the home or a spiritual connection, like her home being another dimension. Uh huh. Totally, you know, like her room might be something special or, her house, or apartment, might be something real unique.
4: That's wonderful. Do you see anything in that chart of her being over rebellious?
0: Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, she's totally uh, 15 sads, you know, which is total rebel and revolutionary. So if she doesn't like what's going on, if it doesn't seem just to her, she'll just go berserk over it.
4: Okay. Thanks, Marley. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: This is the two-hour edition of the Astrology Hour on KFOX 93.5 FM, your talk alternative and ambitious topic today on astrology and sexuality. I hope you enjoyed it. (laughs) And we'll probably talk a little bit more about it as we discuss people's charts. Michael's a Leo like Farley. Hi, Mike.
5: Hi. How are you doing, Farley? I've been listening for about a month now. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about astrology just yet. I've been having a relationship that's been going for about two and a half years now. It's been kind of going hot and cold the last six months.
0: This is with a woman? Yes. Okay, and you want me to take a look at it, I guess.
5: Yeah, I just wondered if, if you see any improvement. In my, in uh, okay, my rising sign or anything like that.
0: What's her birthday? October twenty seventh, Scorpio. Okay, what year? She's twenty, so that'd be what sixty seven. Are you sure? Yeah. October twenty seventh. She's gonna be twenty one. Yes. Okay. October twenty seventh, sixty seven. She has Mars in Virgo, which is good. You have Venus in Virgo. Do you guys bicker a lot?
5: uh yeah occasionally that's what i mean it kind of goes hot and cold you know and uh... you
0: hash out the relationship all the time
5: Mm, oh yeah occasionally it'll go good for a month or two and then we'll get into a little thing and it'll go cold for a while so i wonder if you saw any improvement going on there
0: well you're just being your regular breed you know like the venus mars virgo relationship is a relationship that's filled with lots of variety and it's like you're both each other's therapists you know and uh it's really hard to let go of that analysis unless you remember to pull into your gut and into your heart, your emotions, and get out of your head. I think you both worry too much. I think you're both a little negative at times, and that manifests in the relationship. Yeah. So you should both practice being positive. You're both shown marriages coming up soon. I don't know if it's to each other, but at the same time, Michael, you're shown other women. Hmm. Now, I, I don't know if you want to admit this on the air. Is she listening? Uh, no, no. Okay. It, has there been interest in other women? Not, no, not, no, no, no. Yeah. come on. Someone must have hit up on you lately here. Uh, no, I'm not I at all with her, but it what? blows hot and cold. It does go hot and cold yeah. with just the one, huh? A
5: Leo, I'm kind of like a helpless romantic, like people say. But...
0: <laughs> yeah. But... Well, j- just be aware that you are shown a marriage, and if you don't feel comfortable with her, then you might want to, you know, be open-minded with some other ones hmm. and maybe recommend she be the same. Sometimes uh, during this Gemini period, this period of the year, uh, People with charts like yours need a little separation, a little bit more space. Mm. So sometimes a little bit more space between your meetings might allow you to appreciate each other more. Uh. But you know, being Venus and Virgo and her Mars and Virgo, there's a lot of hot and cold vibe to that. You know, you might want a woman with Mars and Scorpio who wants to just, you know, assault you all the time. I don't know, maybe you'd like that better. Uh-huh. <laughs> Would you? Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> your Virgo goes, ah, I don't know. Okay. We'll see you, Mike. Thank you, for Bye bye. Let's go to Caroline. One of those Virgos with Virgo rising and Jupiter in Scorpio. Did you relate to what I said about that? Yes. So what are you most of the time, the Virgo or the Scorpio?
2: I think the Scorpio.
0: Really? Are you obsessed with sex and love?
2: If I'm with someone I like,
0: uh, so you, I tear the clothes off. Do you really? <laughs> Just rip them off, right? It's like, here comes Caroline, rip <laughs> me. Hey, what'd you do with my $50 suit here? I'm not, oh, no. $500 suit, I'm sorry. So uh you related to that topic then, huh? I thought
2: it was great. Oh, thank you. I really did.
0: I, when, no, it, I when I see people with Jupiter and Scorpio, I run. I mean, like, I got into a couple of relationships with Jupiter and Scorpio, and I'm talking about their sexual appetite is like a heavy chain smoker. You know, like, it's like, you, you want, what, you want to just walk around detached all day long, or what's going on here, you know? Don't you ever <laughs> yes, get tired you know, of this?
2: I've been told that, my goodness, Carolyn,
0: Back yeah. off, you know. I mean, <laughs> Talk about overwhelming somebody, you and
2: know. I'm saying, wow. I just, you know.
0: My friend Roger's got Jupiter in Scorpio, and some of the stories he tells, I, I look at him like, "Are you from this planet, yeah. buddy? Or? <laughs> I think you need some uh, some other equipment here?"
2: I know, but finally, I love the topic, and I could go on. But you know what I'm curious about? What I sent off of my son's chart. He is an Aquarius, born the 29th of January in '73. He has 12 degrees Cancer rising. He has his Mercury, Sun. Jupiter, Venus... Wait
0: a second, hold on. 29th of January, 73, right? 12 degrees. Cancer rising. Okay, I'm looking at his chart now. Okay, what's the question?
2: And his Mercury, his sun, his Jupiter, his Venus, and his North Node is all in the seventh house. Hmm. What are all... What is my son? I mean, he's a great... For a teenager, he is a beautiful guy.
0: Well, he's either going to be one heck of a womanizer or one hell of a counselor, I would think. Okay. Because the seventh house energies are either obsessions with relationships, period, or business partner, somebody who is a therapist, psychologist, counselor, astrologer, anyone that's into helping people through mental or psychological means. Really? Yeah, the seventh house energy is a strong vibration, and usually it's into justice and balance. So his life would epitomize a need for balance and justice.
2: So you see him being a good teenager? Do you see a good...
0: Yeah, sure, yeah. I mean, I can't guarantee it, but right. I think it's a lot better in the seventh than in the eighth, or maybe in the third. Okay. Okay. Bye, bye. Thank you. Not to put down heavy eighth house or third house stelliums, but you know, eighth house and third house stelliums for teenagers can you go a little berserk with that? Rebecca is born November twenty fourth, fifty six. A Sag. Hi. Hello. Oh, thank you for calling.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you for letting me call.
0: Did you like the topic too? It was pretty hot. Pretty hot stuff.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty confused because I think I have a Pisces, Virgo, Sag, Leo combination somewhere. And-
0: then you feel kind of confused then. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know that will throw things off once in a while. Yeah. So what can we do for you?
1: I'm calling because my birth certificate says 8 a.m. And, uh, 19 degrees Sagittarius rising. Who right. I know if that's right. And I always hear you, uh, say what the degree of the rising means for the person. So I'd like to figure out exactly when I was born if I can do that.
0: You want me to tell you what the degree of rising for 19 Sag is? Yeah, maybe if
1: it fits, maybe I can.
0: It's on my Jupiter. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Let's go over here to 19 Sag. And the essence of that degree. Is a desire to become attuned to the universe, a need to seek the essence of self in relation to the laws of the universe, a seeking of elements of universal karmic cycle. One of the most metaphysical degrees of the entire zodiac.
1: Okay, I'll take it.
0: That's hey, that's where my Jupiter is. You know, I won't throw my nineteen Sag away. I worked hard for that puppy.
1: Yeah, it
0: might be retrograde, but it's mine. (laughs) What
1: does that mean for you?
0: Well, I think that's what I'm all about. Is (laughs) it's my philosophy, you know. So I think you're 19 Sag. Okay, thank you.
1: Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: We will go to Lori now in a, a Pisces. Hi, Lori. Hi. How are you?
1: I'm just fine, thanks. Thanks. kind of knew it, this.
0: But it was fun today, wasn't it? Yeah. You want me to tell you about some of your planets? I'm looking yeah. at them. Yeah. Are you married?
1: Yes, I just got married.
0: Good, good, because you have real good aspects for marriage. Uh, this is a real good big challenge for you because I know you get nervous sometimes, mm-hmm. but you are shown marriage. And you are a very intellectual woman. You have uh, some good Aquarius vibrations, Venus and Jupiter in Aquarius. Venus trying your Mars, which is the marriage aspect. And uh, this is probably your best relationship ever because you've probably been through a real gamut of experiences with men. Mm-hmm. You have Mars square Uranus in your chart also. So never let emotions overcome you or overwhelm you enough to change the marriage. Yeah, I a- Always learn to count to 20 and take a long walk before you get too mad.
1: Uh-huh. Good advice. And
0: you have a Cancer moon, so you're very romantic. You're a Pisces with Cancer moon, and there's a very sensuous side to you, but you can be very mental, too. Mm-hmm. You need a lot of communication on top of that, and you can be moody in that area, too, where you might not always be in the mood, but when you are, look out. <laughs> okay?
1: Yeah. Can you tell me anything about my husband's a Sagittarius?
0: So what's his birthday?
1: Uh December 6th. What year? 1960.
0: Oh, you married a real young guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> he has to go through a Saturn return. <laughs> you got married into his Saturn return. That's a challenge. Well, his Venus...
1: Oh, just challenge? Does that mean...
0: No, it just means challenge. His Venus is in Capricorn, and it's out of aspect to your Mars. So this marriage is a real different type of adventure for you. Should be very challenging. Be patient with him, okay? Okay. He worries about his career. I only do one issue per caller.
2: Okay, thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: And you are listening to the two-hour expanded edition of Astrological Metaphysical Radio, heard weekdays at 12 noon to 1 o'clock and Tuesdays from 12 noon to 2 o'clock. I'm Farley Mallaris. This show is historically known as the Astrology Hour. We are a public-supported radio show.